0: Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name's Matt and This afternoon I'm joined by Benjamin James. Good afternoon, Ben. Full name. Full name. Very formal. Yep. We're here in the Icebox, also known as Office One uh, in Media Wales Towers. Uh, Bit chilly in here, but we're going to plough on because that's just the professionals that we are. We do. Um... Let's kick straight into it then. Big day. Um, Wales team announcement, always busy, always good fun. Lots of changes, so lots to get through. Yeah, where do you want to start? 14 changes. 14 changes. Uh, let's start at the back, I guess. Jonah Holmes. Jonah um, Holmes. We thought he might get his chance in this game, and uh, it's obviously transpired that he will get a chance at fullback. back Interesting um, that he's featuring there with Liam Williams on the wing. Um, Warren Gatlin said that... Uh, Lee Williams playing most of his rugby there for Saracens and looks comfortable there at the moment, um which is why he's been put there. Uh Jonah Holmes obviously can not play full back, speaking to a few people up at Leicester, um big guy, good in the air. Um so shouldn't be any, any trouble there. He's a massive hit uh at Welford Road with the fans, yeah. proper fans' favourites. So should be interesting to see how he sort of adapts to, to life at the the top level. It will.
1: Um the thing with him I think is where he differs from Liam Williams perhaps as a fullback, is the perception of Liam in the Wales camp was probably a few seasons ago that he died on the ball. Mm. You won't get that with Jonah Holmes. He's the complete opposite. When he gets into the backfield, he's probably got more composed than you'll see from most rugby players. Um, there's a couple of examples. I'm putting a piece together now where he's got into the backfield and rather than run away from support or sprint away, he slows down, draws the man and gives the pass. And it's... it's, it's um, I suppose that comes from his, his versatility as a player because he started off as a scrum half then moved to the wing and then Jordan Murphy converted into a fullback so he's got clearly got a rugby brain he's clearly got a sense of where a scrum half should be uh, running support lines on a break where a wing should be supporting support lines on a break uh, and clearly that's something that helps him but yeah um, him at 15 and Liam at 14 it does yeah. Liam's, Liam's clearly going to be the winger at a World
0: Cup, not a fullback. Yeah, you would think so. Um, that's a kind of eternal debate in Welsh rugby, but you know, it, it would appear nailed on that we that one can be put put to bed for now, um, unless things change. I mean, there's a lot can happen as we know uh, between now and then. But um, yeah, let's just assume that Liam Williams is going to be on the wing at the World Cup. Um, moving to the other side, uh, Steph Evans. Gets a chance uh, Been a difficult season For Steph That's been well documented Yep um, But You know we, Let's not He hasn't been written off At all As such uh, It's just been tricky For him Trying to find game time Get back up to speed After a couple of niggles uh, It was a bit of a surprise To see him named in the squad To be honest um, But uh, you know He gets his gets his run out We know he can be dangerous um, it's, it's probably going to be if they can get a platform Wales and not get sucked into a, a sort of gritty, up-front, horrible kind of game, uh, there's probably going to be a fair bit of space out there. Um, tends to be quite open um, against sides like Tonga. So, you know, there's going to be opportunities for him. He's going to have to go looking for the ball, um, as Luke Morgan will will attest to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a chance for, for Steph. And I think he's really got to take it as well because I don't think he's going to get... You know, if he drops down the, the pecking order now, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have to build his way back up yep. to where he's been. If you know what I mean, and um, the only way he's gonna be able to do that is by turning in the kind of performances for the Scarlets that we saw that, that got him into the Wales fold in the first place. Um, and there hasn't been any evidence of that happening so far this season. I mean, he's got he's
1: got a decent strike rate at test level because um, first and foremost he's a finisher, and that's you know he's always gonna finish off tries. The thing with Steph is we haven't seen him yet bring the sort of game that he has at the Scarlets, where he, he's given a sort of a free license to roam, pop in at first receiver, pop in round the side of a rock to catch a guard off. Um, you know that, that's the, that's we haven't seen that stuff yet at test level, and that's the sort of that's his bread and butter. That's where he shows his rugby intelligence with the Scarlets. So whether he's going to get that chance in a Wales jersey, um, the interesting thing is you've got Josh Adams on the bench. Who you know, if he gets 20 minutes at the end of the game, yeah. you can back him to take his opportunity because that's what he's been doing.
0: Yeah, he's in good form, played well, played well last week. Um, and the last thing somebody like Steph Evans wants to do is to be pulled off after an hour and and have Josh Adams come on and tear the place up. So yeah, he's going to be very wary of that, I'd imagine. But um, he's also probably going to be slightly more concerned with a a couple of Tongan outside backs. Uh, clattering into him but yeah, yeah that might be in the back of his mind as well
1: I can imagine Corey Allen's got some words of advice like.
0: <laughs> Yeah, imagine so
1: I think the interesting thing is the fact that there's no Luke Morgan in the 23
0: yeah well, is, is that his
1: one and only chance with Wales gone <coughs> that Scotland game
0: well me and Andy were in agreement after the Scotland game that that was probably going to be it for him um, rightly or wrongly you can't envisage a situation that sees him playing in South Africa so um, yeah, unfortunately, that is going to be his one and only chance for the autumn. Um, it was an experiment. Uh, whether we ever really found out anything about Luke Morgan at this level, probably, probably not. He got pulled out of position once or twice, but in terms of his attacking threat, we never saw it because he never really touched the ball. Um, so he goes back to the Ospreys, and we'll just try and pick up where he left off, and hopefully now this this sort of five weeks six weeks out of that Osprey's fold won't sort of hinder his progression as a rugby player at a side you know he's been training with Wales so it's not going to hinder his progression but you know you have a couple of you miss a couple of games so he, he will have been inactive for what three, three weeks four weeks maybe by the time he goes back to the Ospreys and that's never ideal is it once you get on a hot streak like he was on you want to play as much as you can um so it's a,
1: it's a little similar to Sam Cross, although Sam Cross did have an injury off the back of it as well. Yeah, sort of. But he did sort of have those weeks with Wales and then disappeared and then yeah. had to build himself back at the Ospreys. Granted he had an injury, but it's it's never easy, is it? No, it's not. Um yeah, we'll move on to the centres. Um an interesting looking partnership. Ooh, Tyler Morgan and Owen Watkins what do you, what do you make of it?
0: Um it's probably the the, the area of the team that I'm concerned about the most, um, I say that, I mean, I'm not overly concerned about the, the pair of them, but um, I'm not entirely confident either. Um, Owen Watkin, let's start there. Gr- obviously a great talent, great player, um, uh, fulfilled largely on the promise that he showed as a youngster. He's doing it for the Ospreys week in, week out, but I... I'm of the opinion that he's yet to really do it for Wales. Had a good summer tour, but nothing better than that. Wales are desperate for him to come through. um, Especially now. Especially in light of the fact that Park's form has dipped slightly and there are injuries now as well with Scott Williams out. So they're desperate for him to come through. Um, Tyler Morgan... (sighs) It raised a few eyebrows when he was selected Had really done nothing to To warrant that selection in the squad And is probably playing in this game Purely to give other players a rest um, That being the case It's still an opportunity for him to pull on a red jersey He's still playing at the Principality Stadium So he has a chance So that's how he'll view it um, You know there will be those out there Who would argue that it's a chance he doesn't deserve Um yeah. Regardless of that fact, he's going to be playing on Saturday. Um, but you know, the one thing you just hope doesn't happen is that that becomes an issue, then um, preventing others to express themselves. So the players outside them yeah. start running. You know, the, there are no holes created. The ball's not getting out there. You know, you've got people like uh, Jonah Holmes who's going to be eager to impress. He's going to want the ball. Liam Williams is going to be eager to impress as well because, you know, this is his first start in a whale shirt for a long time, so he's going to want the ball as well, and you know the crowd are going to want to see the ball in their hands, um, and you just hope that um, you know hopefully Tyler Morgan goes well, and we're not talking about him after the game, or if we are, only in a good light. But yeah, I mean that's the that's the part of the field where you look at it and think um, you probably look at it and think. Mm, let's give them a, the benefit and the doubt but it's not necessarily a confidence that they, they're going to set the world on fire
1: the thing with Owen Wachin is he's always when he's played for Wales he, he's always tended to be partnered with I think it was Hadley Parks in the summer Scott mm. Williams in the Six Nations he's always, Williams, had, yeah. he's always had a senior sort of centre with him yeah. to sort of guide him through it. this is sort of the, the training wheels are off in a sense now, aren't yeah. they?
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's he has got a, he's got a good couple of caps to his name as well, so he he knows his way around the international stage. Um, so I'm not I'm not worried about him being overawed by the situation or anything like that. You know, he's played in bigger games. Let's face it. Yeah. But um, I think it's a. It, I'd love to see him just deliver now on on the international stage, and you could look at him then and think. Actually, do you know what? We have got a, a bit of depth there now as well. Because, you know, depth is the buzzword of this autumn. You know, it's all like, the, the coaching staff are going on about, which is fair enough. Yeah. But Centre is the one. Centre is the one, yeah. And it would be great to see him not, you know, challenging Hadley Parks, because then that's going to push Hadley Parks along. And if there are injuries, you could turn to him knowing, you know like, you know, he's going to perform. So... You know, lots of proof of the, for the pair of them D- kind of different situations but both got something to prove
1: yep um, we we'll move on to halfbacks hmm. only naturally Thomas Williams and Dan Bigger this is it's interesting how, how do we see the team playing on the basis of those halfbacks
0: well the question came up at the press conference didn't it if, if there was any pressure on Bigger um, given that he's got a relatively inexperienced backline around him and um, Gatlin said there was, and some would argue there is. You know, he—he's a big vocal figure. Uh, I've got no doubts that he's going to be able to to direct traffic the way he wants to. Damn, um, you know, it's going to be direct. You know, we're playing against Tonga, so you're probably better off trying to take them take them on in a more direct game anyway. Um, I think there's a there's a, a risk that you can try to go too wide too fast against these teams particularly in this sort of third autumn game where people are expecting Wales to go out and score 50 50 60 points yeah. you know it's normally a slap together side as it is again um, you've got players who don't know each other that well playing together and you can if, if you try and play too much it can become very dangerous um, as they nearly found out against Japan um, a yeah. couple of years ago so I think bigger will bring an element of structure Um He's not going to be throwing things out the back door and miss threes and all that. It's going to be quite structured, and I suppose there's a nice balance here there with Thomas Williams. You know, obviously a live wire gets a start. Uh, a lot of people have have been calling for this for for a while. Uh, Gareth Davis's position is under a bit of pressure from the outside. We're not sure if it's on under pressure from inside the camp, but certainly after the Australia game, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk about the way he played then. Um, The spotlight's been on his kicking um, and and his decision making, um, and we've talked about it in the past. You know, if he's not scoring tries, then people will start to ask those questions because you know his try scoring record is phenomenal on the whole. Um, But when when you take that away from his game, then people begin to look at other areas, and then your deficiencies are sort of put right under the microscope. So Thomas Williams has got a chance. uh, Lively. And, and I think he's going to get better and better with every game he plays and hopefully that trend continues on Saturday Absolutely
1: uh, What would be interesting with Bigger is the first two games, Scotland and Australia, Wales have played so it's, been, um, it's, probably, it's probably a game that have frustrated a few fans and frustrated a few in here which is it's been a, it's been a largely uh, kicking game where we kick to Scotland, we kick to Australia and we back our defence Yeah Probably not going to play that way against Tongaroo. We're probably going to back ourselves to keep possession a bit more.
0: Maybe I mean, you know, you he, he put the bigger at ten. He's argued, you know, people talk about his kicking game. So there's there's an argument that we we may not see that from Wales. But um, my view on the whole kicking thing is that I haven't necessarily got a problem with it because. I would rather us try and put ourselves in the right part of the field. It looked as though they were under orders not to really play from their own half in those games. Um, don't get me wrong, the kicking could have been of a better standard. Um, I think that's fairly obvious, but you know, I never really had an issue with it if that's how they felt like they had to go about it. Um, I don't think they, they'll rely on their... Well, I don't think they will believe they have to rely on their defence the way they have or the way they did against... Uh, Scotland and Australia. Uh, but at the same time like I said you, you can you can't assume that you can go into these games and play like the barbarians and win. Yeah. Um you know that that would be you just got images of some some of the tongan backs reading passes and oh absolutely flattening some poor Welshman taking a ball out of the back, you know. So they they have to they have to show a degree of respect to Tonga. Um you know, they, I know they were weakened last year when we um, when Wales were on tour out there uh, in New Zealand and played them out in uh, Auckland, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but that was a that was that was no straightforward Test match. I know the conditions were poor as well. It was a lot of factors to consider. But you know, Wales Wales can come unstuck in these games, and and they've won the last seven on the bounce now. Um, and if that was to go. If that was to go south this weekend, then it would be a shame, wouldn't it? So It really would, yeah. and, and I don't think that'll happen because there are enough players in that squad now who are very much aware of the fact that the World Cup is coming into focus and they all have the best possible chance handed to them to to show Gatland and, and the coaches what they can do. So that's a chance they're not going to want to throw up. So, you know, I'm not worried about... Um, this game too much from a results point of view but if they do try and play too much and there is a little bit too much over exuberance there's every chance that they can come unstuck so that'll be firmly in the minds of someone like Dan Biggar I'd imagine
1: It goes back to what Gatlin said last week which was you know this winning streak, the best thing about it is it puts pressure on the next start 15 picks because one they've got a with you know uphold the streak and two, they know the boys last week have laid yeah. down a marker before them, so you know fourteen changes, but every one of them knows that this may be their one only audition before the world Cup they might some some know they might get more, but yeah, you haven't got many opportunities
0: no, let's move into the pack now we look at the back row, and Alice Jenkins is in there, and, and number seven is the perfect example of this, right so yeah. you had you had Navidi last season who was have suddenly taken control of the number seven jersey. You go on a summer tour, um, Alice Jenkins picks it up. Then it gets handed to James Davis for the first test in Argentina. Yeah. Um, and he keeps hold of the jersey for the rest of the tour. We come back in the autumn, Justin Tiprick's now got a point to prove he's just had to watch these two youngsters after Josh Navidi play really, really well in that jersey that he wants to be his comes back to man of the match performances Absolutely. so now we're back to Ellis Jenkins in the 7 jersey who's just had to watch Justin Tiprick play man of the match twice and now he's thinking actually you know now I've got to respond so that's just a, a prime example um, of the wider point with this squad now you've got so much competition there um, that like you said the next 15 up there's always pressure for them to play well so you know that and that trend continues this weekend
1: I don't know the figures, but I, I I imagine off the top of my head that the vast majority of Wales's man of the matches in the last year have been Opensides, haven't they?
0: Yeah, well, you think James Davis was was cleaning up on the summer tour? Yeah. I remember that much.
1: Navidi um, surely would have got a, yeah. a man of the match in the autumn last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: It, it just seems more like a case of it's it's not it's not who you know Justin Tipper is getting man of the match awards. It's whoever's playing at open Openside for Wales.
0: Gets him out of the match award. Yeah, it's be, it's it's because the the bar is constantly being pushed, yeah. Yeah? and it, if you can bottle what's going on in the Wales number no. seven jersey and spread it throughout the team, then then you've got a team of we'll world it, beaters yeah. on your hands. So, you know that that's the challenge, and that's where we go back to select like, someone like Owen Watkin, you know, He needs to respond to you know Hadley Parks hasn't played well, so it's his responsibility to push the standard. And then if they do bring Parks in next week. And then it's his chance to respond to that. Or, if he plays well against Tonga, he could find himself st- starting inside Jonathan Davis against South Africa. So, yeah. you know, that's probably the ideal world tonight. And I think that position is up for grabs for him. If he plays well this weekend, they're going to find it very difficult to, to drop him um, for someone who hasn't played very, you know up to what we would expect from him, uh, him in Hadley Park. So, you know, the competition can only breed success.
1: Uh Elsewhere in the back row Seb Davis has been Parachuted into the squad Yeah To start at eight Hmm How how many more times Can he You know Obviously I'm sure He's delighted It's another Wales cap Yeah uh, Another honour Yeah But how many more times Can can he sort of Be played At eight Yeah Without this sort of Negatively affecting him In his
0: career he's been moving, they've moved him around a bit and they are asking a lot of him um, they've played him at six on tour uh, they're, they're desperate to, to do this Wales and, and you can see the merits of trying to develop players who can cover a number of positions, especially when we're playing as far away as Japan at the World Cup uh, you've got to cross multiple time zones, so if you do have to call up an injury, you know, an injury re- replacement it's going to take them like three days to get up to speed, at a World Cup you simply don't have that time so, you can see why they're trying to do this, but I put out something on Twitter earlier and I had no idea what I was starting. But we, there was a really good debate going on about um, second rows who have been able to play in the back row and vice versa. And, and the general cons- there's, a, there's, a re- there's a lot of good suggestions here, but the general consensus is that um, back rowers can move forward into the second row. Yeah. That seems to be the trend, but there are very few second rows who are able to move backwards. Um, my my theory on that is basically as you get a little bit older perhaps you don't get about the park a bit uh, as much as you used to you, you just bulk up and you move into the second row that, you know, that's my theory on that but um, very few and far between are there examples of second rows who can play in the back row so I, it always puts me on edge he um, didn't he didn't play particularly well on tour. Um, they said he was a bit ill for the first game, so they gave him another go in Argentina, and that didn't really pan out that well. Um, so, you know, you played at number eight against Georgia last year, and I don't recall that being a particularly standout performance either. So, there comes a point where you just sort of have to park it and move on for the sake of the player. Um, but, you know, they're giving him a chance, and as far as he's concerned, he's going to want to, every chance he can get because yeah. he's probably on the fringe of that World Cup squad at the moment. And if he can suddenly cover a, a few positions, that might be enough to force him into it. Um, and there's also talk of Corey Hill playing at blindside at some point on Saturday as well, which, you know, I mean, you can just rewind and listen to what I've just said on that, I guess, because it applies to him as well. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm yet to see a second row a uh, Welsh second row really moved backwards uh, into the back row and it come off in in, in recent times You know, pe- some people have mentioned the likes of Ryan Jones who have done both but yeah, again I, I think that was the other way around um, so there are a number of, of examples of that but yeah second row is moving back to the back row that's uh, that's a different kettle of fish so you know it's another chance for the pair of them and they'll be keen to impress uh, again if Corey Hill does come on up blindside but I'm just thinking like, how come them you know, uh, said Davis has been parachuted in. Uh, he's been training with them for the last week or so. But why didn't the management see this when they named the squad? You know, what? you know, if you go into a into a campaign with one recognised number eight, it's bizarre,
1: yeah, you pick, you pick pick five back rows. You know that you're gonna.
0: Yeah, I mean, or, or that's why I thought they might have been looking at somebody like Alice Jenkins as a p- potential number eight candidate. You know, or, you know, McBride yeah. said Tipperick can play there if he has to, but. Um, you know, that's, that's probably pushing it a bit, but you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't doubt Justin Tiprick playing anywhere apart from the front row. But um, yeah, I just wonder why he wasn't wasn't part of it. Even if he was carrying a niggle or something, and they they knew he was going to be fit, just bring him in to be with the squad. I don't know, but we do need to develop a bit of depth there going into the World Cup because we can't we yeah. can't just rely on Falato.
1: They did they did have those that injured list. Mm. There were about eight players with the, I think the sort of the idea was if any of them were fit, Seb Davis was on it. Yeah. They could be brought into the squad at a later date, you know. Mm. There was like I think Hal Amos was on there as well in the VD. Yeah. Um is the Navidi back fit? He, not to my knowledge. I think he's back in training, possibly but not. Not match fit.
0: Hi, I'm Blue. You know, we elephants are the best parents in the animal kingdom. That's why Family Fostering Partners chose me as their mascot. There are plenty of children in this area who really need a good foster home. So I'm helping recruit people from all walks of life to become foster carers. Can you help give these kids a better future? You can take the first step by visiting our website, familyfosteringpartners.co.uk. Care for the future.
1: Um, So, yeah, we'll move into the second row. Um... So we've got the beardless Adam Beard and the bearded Jake Ball.
0: Yes, um, Adam Beard, the only survivor, obviously from that win over uh, over Australia. Uh, good to see him go again. I think it probably suggests that you, you won't go again against South Africa. Um,
1: could, I think, think Hill did enough. Corey Hill did enough on in his cameo, didn't he? M- yeah,
0: maybe. And and it's a chance for Jake Ball as well. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna want Jake's ball physicality. I'd imagine against the box so if he goes well there's every chance he'll be involved but I don't I don't know if they'll put him in after after playing against Tonga you know he's he's been out for a while hasn't he so whether they'll they'll chuck him in that that deep end so to speak they'll probably stick with with Hill against South Africa but yeah I like it two very very big blokes Um, probably two of the biggest in the squad I'd imagine Um, love what I'm seeing from Adam Beard at the moment seems totally comfortable on the international scene Um, we wondered how he would adapt because Australia was the biggest step he's had to take so far and you know he he performed brilliantly Um, pleased to see him go again because he's you know he's going to be loving this and he's going to want to keep the momentum going and and Wales are just going to try and expose him as much as they can now because he is a genuine World Cup candidate so play him as much as his body will let him play I'd suggest and as for Jake Ball, you know, great to see him back in the Wales shirt. Um, and he, they, they're both going to provide um, a physical edge and, you know, with are playing against Tonga and South Africa next and and you need a bit of physicality against those guys. So, you yeah. know, it's just pleasing to see the pair of them back, back in the mix. Well, what,
1: what Gallant said about Adam Beard last week, wasn't it? You can't, you can't coach a player to be 6'10 and 27. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's right there yeah. I think
1: it was the first, first kick against Australia and just you know they, they they kicked fairly short to compete and Adam Beard goes up and just takes it by a fingertip and it is literally if if you've got a 6 for 7 or 6 for 6 second row which most people would think is enough he's not getting that ball no and there's little differences like that
0: yeah it's great and and you know, Wales are blessed in the second row. Um, you know, there's always talk about the back row, but there's so many good second rows now. Um, with a, with the World Cup on the horizon, it's um, they're in a really good spot. And and the best thing about Adam Beard is he's he's got, you know, the, he's still young and and he'll be learning so much. And you know, he's partnering Alan Win Jones at the Ospreys as well. And you know, you're not going to get a better a better teacher than that. Um, bad. So. You know, very promising stuff from Adam Beard so far and let's hope that continues and, and let's hope Jake Ball can can take take to the international stage like he has done in the past and you know, it's been a tough a tough year for him, no doubt. And um I'm sure he'd be looking forward to just getting his boots back on, getting out there and and um enjoying the international arena.
1: Absolutely. It's good to see him back. Um let's move on to the front row. We've got Win Jones, Elliot D, and Leon Brown. Um, start with loosehead. Nicky Smith started the first two games. Yeah. So Rob Evans has had to watch by this by time, watch on from the bench, mm. and he's got to do that again.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I'm not sure what that quite what that says to Rob Evans. Yeah. Um, you know, Win Jones, don't be wrong, is a great, great player. Another guy who came on who's come on leaps and bounds in the last year or so um, you know he, two three years well two years ago probably not many people would have heard of him um, probably be getting him confused for Alan when Jones I'd imagine but yeah. you know he, he's very much um, very much come out of out of nowhere in, in that sense and, and has proved that he can cut the, on the international stage and this you know Probably to a lesser extent, but similar to Adam Beard, they just want to expose him as much as they can right now, um, just to make sure that he is he is hundred percent comfortable at this level. Um, Rob Evans, if if I was Rob Evans, I would be um, annoyed in a good way. Um, you know, it, this has to serve as motivation for him because that position, well. After the Six Nations, you know there was no other loose head who was going to start at the World Cup for Wales. And Nicky Smith's come in, played well. Um, Rob Evans is probably bouncing to go against uh, Tonga, and, and now he's told he's got to warm the pine again. Um, so it's a similar thing to the back row, like we were saying, with the, the open sides. Rob Evans has had to watch... Um, Nicky Smith take his jersey to a certain extent and, and move it on. Uh, Wynn Jones is now getting a chance and, and Rob Evans is, like I said, he's getting splinters. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting little situation that, and it's going to be interesting to see how it develops and if he does get a chance against yeah, South Africa. Thing, it? Um, but I mean, how do you turn around to Nicky Smith and tell him that he's not playing now after the way he started the autumn? So, I know, I
1: know Rob Evans is coming back from an injury but and you know, you'd, you'd be hard pushed to drop Nicky Smith because of how he started and also because of what he brings to the breakdown balance because mm. the first two games we started with Lydiot and, and Moriarty in the back row alongside Tiprick so you haven't really got much of a breakdown threat so Nicky Smith has picked up a hell of a lot of work with yeah. uh, Tiprick but it, it it does seem unthinkable that Rod Evans wouldn't start a game in an autumn series.
0: Yeah, because I mean we always we always highlighted his working loose, right? And as being one of his biggest plus points. But suddenly you've got someone like Nicky Smith who's come in and said, hang on, son, I can do that as well. Yeah. And we've seen him do it for the Osprey, but not so much for Wales, but now he's doing it for Wales. And he he's got that breakdown element to him as well. And and now suddenly you sit back and you think, Well, you know, maybe Rob Evans isn't nailed on. Maybe we've got, you know, Nicky Smith is a genuine candidate here, and you know that that's something that Rob Evans hasn't really had to deal with for the last few years. And you know, it's you know it's going to challenge him mentally. It'll be a test of where his head's at, yep. and you know it's it's going to be up to him to respond when he gets the chance.
1: It's only a good thing, isn't it, for Wales having hmm. two genuine uh options. Uh, moving across the front row, Elliot D. Hooker. Um, yeah. Interesting little story coming out today about Elliot <laughs> D. And his, uh using FaceTime.
0: Uh oh, yeah. Just
1: stumbled across that one on the website. And yeah, that was,
0: that was an interesting one that was, and um, being very well read on our website, uh, you will be unsurprised to find. Yeah, you know, his uh, his dog has uh, had the snip, and. Um, Elliot D's on Facetime to him, just making sure he's all right. You know, I, you know, good. dare suggest I'd want an arm around me if I had the uh, had the snip. So, yeah, you know, he's looking after his dog, but more importantly, uh, starting against Tonga, and um, he again has a chance to continue applying pressure to Ken Owens. Um, spoke to Ken Owens in Argentina when he was doing work uh, for Channel Four. Uh, and you know, he sort of said, oh, "How, how'd you feel?" You know, you got you got this young youngster out here performing really well in your shirt, and he was like, he was there was a kind of bring it on attitude." You know, that, that's what you want, and you know, and you know, you get that from players a lot uh, in press conference environments, and it's kind of cliched a little bit, and you, you kind of take it well. You know, you're just saying that because you've been <laughs> quite well media trained, yeah. but. You know, in that environment, I got I got the sense that Ken was being genuine, and I I, I genuinely believe he welcomes the competition. And and Elliot D is, um, you know, he's earned the right to be where he is, um, and that is number two in the pecking order at the moment. But uh, this is a chance for him to to push his case. And, you know, the out has wobbled at times in the autumn. Um, you know, if he has a good day out. It, then it just it just elevates the competition and you know don't get me wrong Ken Owens is still a man in possession of that jersey um and I'd say pff, not comfortably but you know he's, he's he's quite settled in that in that shirt but you know look how he's performed in the last two games you know his performances have been incredible yeah,
1: and that's
0: um you know the the guts that he showed against Scotland you know that's that's not something that you you know, you mentioned things you can and can't coach, that's not something you can coach, that's just his state of mind. You know, it says more about him as a person than it does about him as a rugby player, That you know, that performance, so... Um, Elliot D's in to, to try and push his case and, and he'll have his Dragons teammate Leon Brown alongside him and, you know, there was a lot of hope for Leon Brown and there still is, um, but, you know... the he he strikes you as that dynamic tiehead, that sort of modern-day tiehead who, who does things that tieheads don't normally yeah. do. And, you know, it was all going well, and then they got the injury, and then he, he sets him back, you know, significantly, and, he, you know, he doesn't go on tour and things like that, and, you know, the tour had been perfect for him, but he doesn't go because of the... So, you know, you, you do feel for him in that sense. Um... And you look at the likes of Dylan Lewis, who who took advantage of of uh, of the opportunities he got. Um, so you see Leon Brown so- slowly slipping down the pecking order again, just through the fact he's not there. Um, but you know there's, there's real high hopes for him, certainly as far as I'm concerned. And um, if if he can just play well on Saturday, you know you don't expect him to play against South Africa, but maybe you can springboard him into doing some things at the Dragons between now yeah. and the Six Nations but you know the way the Dragons are going at the moment that's not really a, an environment that breeds success and you know it's difficult for players to, to push their case you know Gatland has said before you know when he's been asked about Dragons in the side he's like well they need to win games simple as yeah. um, you know and the the guys at the Dragons are acutely aware of that themselves and won't need anyone to tell them but you know let's, let's hope he can play well on Saturday and then it, it, it provides him with a launch pad to to go on and, and get back to to where we think he might be uh, and on a trajectory towards being being a top quality international rugby player. Definitely. Um,
1: just not one one player we missed out actually from the starting fifteen. Um,
0: blindside. Wainwright, yeah. Wainwright, Aaron Wainwright. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you talk about guys who came from nowhere. he, he would certainly be in that category. Um, I remember being at the press. Uh, before they went to Argentina, and a know, there was a couple of us sat around, and, and we had Wainwright to interview. And the, the first question that one, one of the guys asked him was, "Well, tell us about who, who, who is Aaron Wainwright." And you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't meant in a disrespectful manner. It was, you know, it was just it was a fairly a fairly valid question in in the circumstances. Um, you know, you, you talk about youngsters. I think he was the youngest on that tour. I'm pretty sure he was, um, and it wasn't a particularly old tour. I mean, George North was the most experienced player, so um, I know he's, he was on something ridiculous like 70-odd caps at the age of 25 or 26, but anyway. Um, but yeah, Wainwright, um, he thought he thought that his inclusion on that tour might have been a bit of a token gesture, but I mean, as it's turned out, they, they obviously see something in him. He's a big old boy for his age, um, the fact that he is still young, uh, you wonder if he's fully physically developed yeah. uh, into what he will be, if you know what I mean. And it, you know, then you, he is of an age where you you do wonder if he can stand up to the rigors of what they have to do in training, what a test match at this level brings. Um, which maybe you know, in, maybe the reason why they've been reluctant to to give him a lot of game time in 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 the first two matches. Um, I know he was going to come on in one of the games it? Scotland. Scotland, Scotland yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't but, but then the yellow card was it
1: yeah the, um, might be the
0: yellow card
1: Ken Ken got yellow card and Lydia went off didn't he no D got yellow
0: card yeah D got yellow card and yeah, went okay, off, off so then Wainwright didn't come on so yeah I mean how many minutes, how many minutes did he get on the summer talk Cause it wasn't it wasn't many it was it was. I think he was the last player to see any action did he didn't he miss it was the same it was the same thing then he was still on the touchline but yeah. never got on for his debut in I believe uh, was, it, was it the box game was it the first test I can't remember I think it might have been the box game yeah I think it might have been that game in Washington Um so you feel sorry for him in that regard that's two caps that he's missed out on but you know they obviously see something in him uh, whether he is uh, I mean, he's got to be a part of the conversation for the World Cup, but, I mean, he's going to need something to happen in the next couple of months uh, to really push his case. I'd imagine he'd be part of the training camps, um, but those training camps are going to be like, what, like 40-odd, 50-odd players until they have to cut the squad, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of people on those camps. But, you know, again, quality. You worry about how being at the Dragons might hinder things you know it's it's a lot easier to develop and grow confidence when you're in a winning side Um, so hopefully hopefully things improve at Rodney Parade in that regard and and he continues to to fight his way towards becoming a top class international but you know I think this is more part of a learning curve for him as opposed to a a trajectory towards the World Cup
1: yeah Okay, we'll touch quickly uh, on the bench um, so we've got Ryan Elias Rob Evans Thomas Francis Corey Hill Moriarty Alad Davis Patchell and Josh Adams um, who's the sort of name who sort of jumps out on, on that replacements bench
0: uh, well it's good to see obviously Reese Patchell back involved um, this is the way I thought they would do it at 10 uh, just because Patchell hasn't played since the I think it was the first week of October so you know, it would be asking a fair bit a fair amount of him to to come straight back in and start. Um, you know, it's gonna be a difficult... the first I would imagine the first twenty minutes of this game will be the most difficult. You're gonna be you're gonna be facing the Tongans, um, when they're fired up, uh just, you know, unleashed in the first twenty minutes full of full of beans, um, you know, using a you know, blitzing as much as they can trying to get in your face as much as they can and if Wales get some early scores douse that fire and then perhaps things will begin to to come easier to Wales and that's probably the point where you introduce someone like Batchel it was
1: a similar story when he came back from the concussion before last wasn't it he came back against Connacht at the start of the season Mm. and they just sent Bundyaki down his channel early on in the game
0: yes well, actually, yeah, you know, it's, it sounds quite cynical, but you would probably target him, wouldn't you? If, yeah. You know, that's that's, a, that's the nature of professional sport. You know, win at all costs. But you know, Dan Bigger's going to see some treatment. Um, make no bones about it. And I probably he's shown me enough in the past to trust him to stand up to it. You know, nobody you wouldn't doubt Dan Bigger defensively. So, um, yeah, I think they're going about that the right way. You bring him on when the when the Tongans are probably a bit more tired than they yeah, are at the start. Bit, yeah. Game probably opens up a little bit, provided that they've managed to manufacture some sort of ascendancy, um, yeah. and then hopefully it, the game just becomes easy to you know comes easy to Wales and Patchell can can pick pick some locks and send some players through holes. Josh Adams on the bench is interesting. Um, Another one who they'll be keen to expose as much as they can. You'd expect him to come on. Um, depends how the how other people go, but, you know, someone in the back three is... You'd probably say, you know, would they look to save Liam Williams for South Africa if the game is won? Maybe. If they're losing, you'd probably think that Jonah Holmes might... might You know, but Jonah Holmes might have, might have a really good game, so they might be reluctant to take him off, so... Pointless trying to figure out how the substitutions are going to work out, but um, Josh Adams is probably going to get another another chance at some point. Uh, like we have said, Corey Hill, um, they've talked about him playing six. Um, Moriarty's going to feature. Uh, you know, I know Andy Andy's a big uh, opponent to the notion that you make subs for the sake of it, but you know they got to they got to have one eye on next week in many respects. So you know that. I'd, but you do expect that substitution to happen at some point where they uh, they bring on Hill for Wainwright and, and let's just hope that Wales are uh, home and dry by that point Absolutely, right so
1: um, that's the bench taken care of before we finish how, how do we see this one playing out?
0: Well that's like I just said hopefully it, it becomes a situation where Wales weather that early storm um, get some tries calm everyone down a little bit um hopefully Tyler Morgan gets into the game and that set that sort of midfield combination settles. Um, and then once once they sort of weather that early storm, then perhaps they can look to, to unleash the backs and, and get the ball wide. Um, like I said, you don't want to be trying to play out of the barbarian straight away, uh which can often be the temptation in these games. Um so you kind of have to marshal that early bit. Then hopefully the game opens up and Wales can sort of try and pull away a little bit. Then, um, but I certainly would would be wary of trying to do too much too soon against them. Get yourself in a commanding winning position, and then second half, then you can probably look to to open things up a little bit. And and then I, you know, I think everyone would expect Wales to, to win this one. Uh, but you know, it, it is it is a dangerous fixture. These games always are. Yeah. Um, that's the
1: thing, I think you, know, you think back to probably all the way back to Fiji two thousand and five, isn't it? They've always been yeah. trapdoor fixtures these ones. But I just feel this year Wales, you know, winning is a habit clearly in this squad and that's that's something that you can not coach. Um, that's a massive mental thing in this in this squad that we probably haven't seen. I mean, we've had more talented squads. You think about twenty thirteen, mm. twenty twelve, they went to Australia it was a squad that should have beaten that Australia team in, 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 in that series Yeah, didn't lost every game by a fine margin this squad now probably not as talented but there's a bit more depth they've all played together enough with different combinations which I think will help us in this sort of scratch side setup. and yeah w- winning is clearly a sort of mentality in this squad that maybe Gatland teams or some of the Gatland teams in the past haven't had
0: hmm would not argue with that. Like I said, I think I back your um, back your opinion that the the squad is in in my view as well probably the the, the deepest squad they've had under Gatland. Uh, I certainly think it's the strongest squad they've had heading into a World Cup year. Um, Rote word style effect after the tour, you know. I've never seen a Wales squad with this much depth. I think the competition of places that's been generated means that players can't afford to go out and and put in. Um, nothing less than their best and and based on that Wales have got more quality than Tonga and and that should prove to be enough even if things don't go well so you know if if all goes to plan like I said um, this should turn into a a good afternoon for Wales but you can't can't take things for granted in these games absolutely not
1: well there we go that's all for the Welsh Rugby Podcast uh, this week Uh, If you've liked it, uh, go on iTunes, give it a like, uh, give it a review, whatever, all the sort of channels there, and for the latest Welsh rugby news, ahead of the Tonga game, pre- and post-match, you can catch it all on Wales Online.